How to gain successful support from your stakeholders in your organization. Really, it all comes down to the timing. You know, four kites, uh, talking to four kites uh, or any application for that matter uh, is where does it, does it fit in the budget? Is there money in the budget? If not, can there be money in the budget? And what is the justification for it to be in the budget? One, making sure it's clear about, you know, what those priorities are um, that you're focused on. And then two, what are you kind of pushing to the side? We're going to table that. The other one is just general functional roadblocks. We're trying to understand how to overcome the, the selling up what your needs are to the stakeholders to get the buy-in and support you need to do the job you know that is needed in the future. To Glenn's point, talking to your customers, talking to the people in the industry about what they see as a functional roadblock or a roadblock for them to be successful in the future, and how do you jump to get ahead to meet that need. The other thing is you've got to partner with companies that are invested in select core competences. Right. I think one of the challenges as shippers is when you work with a lot of inherent technology companies, whether it's asset carriers or brokers, right? I think you look over the last five to 10 years, you have a lot of 3PLs that are trying to become product companies, right? And there's this diametrically opposed strategy of are we a service provider or are we a product company? And so, you know, if I'm Organic Valley and I'm meeting with a, a carrier, it's like, well, wait a minute. Are you a software company? Are you a service provider? Are you an asset provider? What is it? And so, you know, what I've always said is it's really important for buyers to understand what is core to a company and what's kind of a pet project or a skunk work project, right? And as long as you're investing in companies that are focused on their core and they have proven use cases, you will be successful. But if you're rolling the dice with companies that it's a cool concept, but it's not really core to who they are, it's going to fizzle out over time. And I think the market is going to show that here. It already has the last 12 months, and it's going to continue that over the next 12 to 18. Uh, I would agree. I think that um, oftentimes what you, what you think you're getting and what you're getting are different if you don't do your due diligence. Now, from, from my side of the table, I call this the gap. The gap from what you think you're purchasing or getting to what you actually get when the rubber hits the road. And I, th I think in our industry, it's almost been acceptable for there to be a gap from, from what sales presents to what operations delivers. You have to get rid of the gap, you know, and you have to know there is no gap when you're a buyer, let's say like a Nathan in this scenario. Would you say that's accurate, Nathan? Uh, I actually had a bit of a chuckle of, uh, your statement, what sales, what sales puts out there and what operations can deliver on. <laughs> well, I think it's acceptable at some level in our industry and it, it, it's always been there, but I don't understand we're in, we're in a downturn in the market, right? And we know that this happens in these cycles, these ebbs and flows of the industry happen. Now these are, to me, and to, and I think to intelligent people, these are now opportunity times. They're opportunity times for shippers to realign their support system from a customer service and a value perspective. 
There are opportunities to try and drive out costs. But when the market is on the upside, most shippers don't get to necessarily choose to do business with who they want to do business with. They take what options are there afforded to them at that point in time, which I I don't think is a, that's not a proactive approach, that's a reactive approach from a, a business model perspective. And I don't think people would do that with their own resources in their own finances, but yet I think it's acceptable to do that with the company's finances. The previous statement that you made, John, with every project should be looked at as if you were spending your own money. Would you spend your money on this? Or is it, as you said, a flash in the pan? Or actually, I think that was Glenn. Glenn said that. uh, You know, it... Would you spend your money on it? Is it worth it? I think, you know, and coming from, you know, my side, Organic Valley being, you know, a farmer-owned co-op, I have to look at it as, is it worth spending the farmer's money on? Because that's really what I'm doing. So, you know, we're talking a little bit about, you know, how to manage up and kind of buyer's feedback. One thing I do see is from a shipper perspective or a buyer's perspective, anytime you own a, a cost center, uh, could be a P&L, could just be a straight up cost center, is, is allocating some level of budget to at least experiment and trial, right? I think what we're talking about here is more industrialized enterprise type things, but tech is going to continue to evolve. Services are going to continue to evolve. Even with the market changes, even though we're in a downturn, it's going to spring back. And it's important for companies to set aside some level of a budget to be able to either experiment, to innovate, or to just fix some inherent things. I think all too often what I see on the budget cycle, especially on the shipper side, is it's very you know bare bones. And it's just covering the cost to move freight and maybe some basic you know system administration. And these are things that it's important to get alignment at the senior level across you know leadership across IT and making sure you have some allocation to focus on that and technology is not going to change when i think of transportation this concept of buying logistics technology did not exist 10 years ago right the only thing it really was was tms and wms and those were handled typically by IT in the purchasing side and so now you see transportation companies buying so- software products like visibility like e-documents, right? So there's a lot of new things that are coming into play. And so making sure you have some level of budget set aside can really help to, at least on the funding equation, to make sure that you can experiment before you go all in on certain aspects. So let me jump in here. You're leaning towards the next subject I have, which is gonna be scalability, okay? So scalability, is a term that we're going to use to, to describe that, that initial step into the unknown, right? You're going to try something new. Whether you're adding a transportation provider that you've vetted that looks good, but you don't know how they're going to perform when the rubber hits the road, to a software system that says it can do these things, okay? But at the end of the day, does it? And to what level, and can we get a value or a, a customer service benefit from it from a justification perspective? 
You've got integration, you've got training, and at the end of the day, if you don't have the amount of staff and time uh, allocated and budgeted, you're not going to see that in the time period that you should be seeing a return or the picture of success. Yep. So I can go out and, and, and go hog wild, write a big check, but if I don't have the support system around it to, to set it up to be successful, then the, the failure's on me. Yeah, the other part to think about is, I see this a lot where there's kind of buyer's bias, right? And people want to accelerate their careers. And sometimes people hear what they want to hear. And when you do that as an individual, it's tough, right? You get all excited, you make the decision, you purchase it. And then all of a sudden you go, you tell your team like, hey, this is what how you're going to operate tomorrow. And natural questions start to come up. Well, I've already got X. How is it different than X? Well, I don't really know, right? And so I think the the watch out and kind of what you're saying, John, is don't do it as an individual contributor. Do it as a team player and right. get different thoughts. No different than internally, uh, you know, a new company will come in or a new solution's already been purchased. And I'm just told that I have to start using that. And it's like, why as an end user, am I going to embrace something that I had no say in that now changes the way I operate? It may introduce another application that I've got to go log into on top of the other five I've got. And so that's where that team concept from day one through, you know, the entire end is so important. But if you're if you're doing this solo, the the transformation, the change management is almost impossible, right? And yeah, you can try and force it through for a little bit, but three years from now, when you look at how that org has changed, the answer is, is they're going to go back to what they were doing. And so just... The, the number one advice is don't be solo and don't be the lone wolf, right? You're a team player, you're a team leader, and that will be highly effective. Uh, I would love to continue this in the future. Uh, Nathan, have you got anything else you'd like to share with us on this subject? Uh, you know what, Glenn, Glenn hit it on the head. Uh, you know, you cannot do it on your own. Um, I will tell you that I have three extremely exceptional uh, people that work for me. Uh, you know, Ron, which whom you've met, uh, Jen and Adam, and the four of us when it came to implementing or actually bringing on our new TMS when we switched over to E2 uh, about five years ago. They were all heavily involved in it. They were all heavily involved in the, you know, when we got it to, you know, putting in everything, all the data, all, you know, cleaning the master data, putting everything in. Uh, and the same thing when it came to Forkites, doing the evaluations, doing, you know, being in on the meetings and getting the system up and running. Without that buy-in. Without the buy-in and without their expertise, none of this would have happened and we would not be the success that we are. So, you know, I am, you know, always about giving credit where credit is due and those three uh, deserve a lot. So be, be thank, if, if it's any word of advice is be thankful for your teams. Like yeah. One thing I'd add, John, I, I couldn't agree more with Nathan is 
as a end user, whether you're a shipper buying, whether you're a, a, a 3PL buying, or any type of buyer, right? Even software companies buy software, is you cannot go into a transformation and not expect to change, right? All too often we hear of companies thinking that technology will solve bad data, bad process, all this stuff. So, <laughs> you know, if, if I had one kind of parting wisdom, it's don't go into a transformation assuming you don't have to change, right? And that's part of having the right team, right? Is they'll know what they need to change and what's a part of that kind of journey. But if you're expecting another company to come in and solve what you've been doing for 50 years and not change a thing, it's a it's a rude awakening. And the, the leaders really get that. The laggards tend to point the finger and it's it, it just doesn't create that highly effective team that we all aspire to be a part of. Well, I can honestly tell you guys, I am terribly spoiled by the skill and staff that I have working for me. And Nathan, uh, you, you have the same scenario. When, when Nathan and I started working together, it didn't take a week for us to recognize he had real players on his team. And I called Nathan to say, hey, Nathan, your people are sharp. It's a team sport. Expect change. It's like any software. If you put bad information in it and bad habits in it, you're going to get bad information out of it. And I think that's, that's probably the oldest saying in software. Would you agree, Glenn? Couldn't agree more. I was dead on. So... Um, you know, set yourself up for success, understand where you want to go, and understand the roadblocks, get the buy-in and the support, because at the end of the day, everyone has to do extra work to learn and implement the, the new system. They have to have control and, and a feeling that it, it's their job and uh, that it's going to bring them value. So I think those are the key points. I appreciate the time. Thank you both for being on. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you. It's, it's a pleasure to work with both of you. I mean, anybody who has anything to share watching, feel free to comment and uh, make any statements or any share any thoughts. Uh, have a great day.